This is a Quiz Bowl cast, episode 36A, Chicago Open 2008 Movies Tournament, round one. Note that this was a free-for-all event, with winners moving up to better rooms and losers moving down to lower rooms. Okay, top one. Protagonist of this film has written Death of the Double X Ranch, so he's later told to leave that to the professional spy man. He keeps mistakenly calling, he keeps mistakenly calling Callahan. At a lecture at the British Cultural Center, he is asked to give an opinion on James Joyce, but instead the hero of this film talks about his latest novel, the film will pass to that's not right. I don't know if I know it's one. Only for pesky that it's a murder mystery. A shot of Anna Schmidt's cat jumping off the balcony to her favorite friend prefigures the main entrance of a character in a dark corner of the street wearing a... Third minute. And one. 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 You will the book. One character in this work imitates the T-shape of a tree twig and plants tomatoes in the wild that are quickly abandoned. Another character gets clothes from Teresa, a widow who always eats on her feet. A discussion about how everything is pointless unless even a pebble has meaning is given by a performer who earlier ate spaghetti on a tightrope. That fool also yelled, there's a telephone call for your wall. Another character tried to expand his lungs, leading to a chase that lands in the jail. A trumpet-playing artichoke head tells the protagonist, if I don't stay with you, who will? But his cover-up of a roadside murder leads him to abandon Joe Somna, who he had trained to sing, to train, train to sing and dance like Rosa. Pretend voice in this poem about some ponderous traveling circus. Ruth Doolin plays a mother who is raped by her own son in this man's film about the collapse of the Essenbeck family, which also contains a noted gay orgy of stormtroopers. Farley Granger play, plays an Austrian lieutenant who uses Olivia's Sergieri's money to bribe army doctors in this film about a countess's betrayal of her own country. In to Dan and Senso, he filmed Elaine Delon as he tries to keep his family together and watches his brother Simone rape his whore Nadia. He employed amateur actors using obscure dialect for a film about some Sicilian fishermen based on a Giovanni Berga novel. In addition to the aforementioned Rocco and his brothers and La Terra Trema, he made the postman always brings uh, uh, Brings twice into Possession. Ten points, famous Italian director who used his trademark long takes and adaptations of The Stranger, Death in Venice, and The Leopard, a sometime neo realist. It's not Antonio. Nope. I'll call it to people. It's really famous. Rossellini. Nope. Mastriani. Nope. Visconti. An important plot line in this film involves the protagonist's drawing in the sand, which in the real world would be wiped out by the storm. In the end, one character remarks that another character's hand seems to be too big for his race, which he replies he's actually part Spanish. The protagonist has earlier told him to remove her pantsuit because it makes her look unfeminine. And earlier, she sneaks into a gathering in which women are pawns in a sort of marriage game, and Biscrud gets caught. She's visited by the novelist Raoul the same bear after she leaves her brother Albert and gets abducted. She would reject him after she is abducted again by Omer and rescued by her initial abductor. In the sequel, the son of the titular character is kidnapped by his lover's father. Ten points in this film in which Diana Mayo is loved by the titular Arab chief and womanizer played by Rudolph. She won. Mm-hmm. 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 One character in this film warns against the use of beer with aspirin comforts the protagonist with the assertion that if you're afraid of dying, it shows you have a life worth keeping. Later, the protagonist tells him that your death will be the first real thing to happen to you after learning of his affair with Kay, but he escapes from Masango with the help of Junju. These two characters first meet on the roads, the roads of Magambo, where they exchange a uniform and a soccer t-shirt after Nicholas Garrigan shoots a... 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 Nicholas
The Last King of Scotland. One. In one film about it, Xanthil is convinced to let Hank negotiate, and the, spot, and the spotlight man yells, you couldn't sing if you had a searchlight just after the song about it, which notes that a million hearts beat quicker there. Walter Winchell called the big called it the big gulf, the goal of it all, and according to a whole order song, you don't monkey with it. Bobby Van jumps around like a rabbit in a song about it in Small Town Girl, while Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers reenact a Scottish scene in My One and Only Fling, a song from the last film together about the park plays of this place. Mickey Rooney imitates Carmen in the song Mario Cuero, and a musical about the babes of this place. It is also called the title of, of the melody of 1936, Toyland. Uh, Night one. Melody of 1936, 1938, and 1940, and best picture of 1929. Protect my in the street, home to expensive theaters. Wow. Broadway. One. <laughs> <laughs> there are figures on that street. In that role, she later sings Gotta Taste All the Fruit while on stage as Leticia Van Allen. She also appears on stage as Mademoiselle P.P. playing PJ's Over Day and Every Day the Holiday and also sings numbers like I Wonder Where My Easy Rider's Gone in another film. She falls in love with a gangster played by George Rapp in Night After Night and flirts with a mechanic as movie star Mavis Arden in Go West Young Man. Returning to film with My Little Chickadee in the aforementioned Meyer of Breckenridge, she, she said, uh, Well, Night One. And she, she said a hard man is. Midwest. One. Oh, good. Ah. In one moment in this work, a party goes out to look for a black poodle named Zeus who can do two-legged tricks, but the protagonist is mesmerized instead by windblown flagpoles. That dog belongs to Marjo, who has an hippopotamus's leg for a table leg and was raised in Kenya, where she claims six million blacks want to throw out 60,000 whites. One character notes that Rumianka is the only company that didn't go under but because it invented a new soap for the bidet, and she and tells the protagonist that he has no idea where the billions go during such a crisis at the stock exchange. One shot shows the protagonist and Anita flying amidst nimbostratus clouds after she has broken up with her boyfriend, Ricardo. Piero is the stock agent, and Victoria is the daughter of a stock player, but they can't fall in love. The last film in a trilogy of alienation that begins with La Ventura, for 10 points, meaning this film that ends with the night lamp going off. Uh, in this film that ends with the nightland going off, a metaphor for modern society, a work by Michelangelo and Antonioni that has shown up in bonus parts of tournaments this year. <laughs> La Lune. by a woman on morphine, and only the servants would dare enter the house in which guests find themselves. Lawrence tells Raphael, your open mind is a synthetic worldview in another of his films. Later, Raphael is shot after reaching for a lamp under the table. Will lies for his dad, and a blind man is beat up by the gang in a film released as The Forgotten Ones. While a blind man plays Jesus in a version of The Last Supper, in which Sylvia Pinal plays the titular Viridiana. tells her bandaged lover that because she can't see his face, it'd be like doing it with a stranger, but that patient now named Anderson remarks that the part that counts is still the same, claiming that he went down just like in the movies. Bunyan is in disbelief over the survival of her beau Dalton Ford. He uses the help of Oscar and the rest of the anti-slavery neighborhood committee to sabotage a deal by crashing a plane, and sends Elias' castrated member to his lover, Madame Catherine. 
wall, giving the alias Misty Cotton, she is sent with Claudia to bribe Judge Fenton with some love, but she is annoyed with his meat shortage and charges him with assault with an undeadly blunt instrument, fetching the death of her bro, Link, the heroine. Foxy One. She is the granddaughter of the incompar incomparable Bessie Tanker. Her last name reflects creator William Marge's interest in graphology and foreshadows her obsession with the penmanship metal. Monica Breedlove foolishly protects her, while Eileen Heckert won a Golden Globe as the mother of Claude Daigle, who, like, like the creepy gender of Leroy, is one of her victims. The film in which she appears sticks very closely to the Maxwell Anderson play it is based on, uh, even ending with a literal curtain call in which she gets spanked. The major difference is the production code and post-coda, which sees her felled by a random bolt of lightning. Patty McCormick was Oscar nominated for portraying for 10 points with title character of a stagey 1956 thriller about a girl who seems to have been born evil. I don't know, that Omen movie was kind of like this. Bad scene. Yes. Yeah, that was a bad scene. Then they remade this, the good son. Indira Gandhi was assassinated on her way to be interviewed by this man. She was close enough to hear the shorts, he was close enough to hear the shots. Longtime president of the World Federalist Movement and author of novels like The Old Man and Mr. Smith and Drew Nagel, he earned an Oscar nomination for the screenplay of Hot Millions, an EGA nomination for directing Billy Budd, and two Tony nominations for his play Romanoff and Juliet. His three Emmys include one for playing Socrates in Barefoot in Athens, and he won a Grammy for narrating Peter the Wolf and a Golden Globe for portraying Nero in Quo Vadis. And then points in this Polly Matthews, two Oscars came out You spin off? One. Ah, please. His acting roles include the Master of Pius College in Chariots of Fire, the War Minister and Prisoner of Honor. Born in Bangalore, India, he authored a critical study of John Ford, also working as a filmmaker. He began with documentaries like the famous study of Covent Garden's workers every day except Christmas, and entered features with the 1963 adaptation of David Story's novel about a rugby player of this sporting life. For then points in this man who directed Bette Davis and Lillian Gish in The Whales of August, is best known for three films featuring Malcolm McDowell as Mick Travis. 1982's Britannia Hospital, 1973's Old Lucky Man, and 1968's It. Two of the most famous films of this movement are Blood of the Condor and Death of a Bureaucrat. Its manifesto, published in the Ospal Journal, uh, Tricontinental, begins with the Franz Fanon quote, we must discuss, we must invent. Rejecting the cinema of mystification or anti-historicism, it was founded by two members of the Grupo Sin Liberación, Fernando Solanas and Octavio Gentito. For 10 points, in this Marxist-influenced Latin American film movement, whose name derives from its positioning as an alternative to both the bourgeois studio system Individualist auteur filmmaking. Third wave? Uh, no. Third wave? No. Third pillar? No. I bet it doesn't even have third in this title. Uh, okay. Anyone? Pillar? Third cinema. Ooh. Originally named Daniel Robitaille, he was hired to paint a portrait of Caroline, the daughter of a wealthy landowner. After their relationship resulted in Caroline's pregnancy, he was killed by a mob. A comment made by a young boy at the lynching resulted in the name he is known by. Carolyn, McKee uh, Carolyn McKeever, Annie Tarrant, and Helen Lyle have been menaced by him in three movies, the first two of which were scored by Philip Glass. 
First, appearing in the short story, The Forbidden by Clive Barker. This is for 10 points. This is, uh, it's a
this woman guest starred at an artist who breaks up with jerry and paints a portrait of kramer on an episode of seinfeld. she frequently works with indie directors like tom decilio and nicole holofcener, but her two oscar nominations have come from slightly more visible roles, a pulitzer prize winning author in a serious biopic and an amoral lesbian in a cynical comedy. she plays real life murderess gertrude banaszewski in what will almost certainly be the most disturbing film of 2008 in american crime. for ten points, amy's co-star of lovely and amazing, the interpreter one. It's still five. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was Catherine Keaton. Uh, yeah. As long as the difference is an 18. For now, we're good. Yeah. I think we're fine. The plot of Agatha Christie's The Mirror Cracked was inspired by a true story about this actress. A fan with German measles snuck out of quarantine to give her a kiss, resulting in her daughter being born mentally retorted. Called by Daryl F. Gene Tierney. Two. <laughs> Fifty-two. Are there actually powers in this one? Yes. yes. About that. There have been powers in every question. They've just not been converted. Or snipped about. Waiting to see Next. A descendant of the woman whose life formed the basis for The King and I, this man was oddly cast as a Chicago gangster and murdered in a bowling alley in Scarface. By the 1960s, he was reduced to appearing in AIP's Bikini Beach and the ghost in the invisible bikini, but he had one last time in Peter Bogdanovich's targets. In 1965 episode of Shindig saw him cover the Bobby Pickett novelty song he had inspired. In 1966, he narrated an immortal Christmas special, contrary to popular. Boris Karloff. This man had his name removed from altered states after clashing with director Ken Russell. His scripts have burned off. Chance. Two. Next. Uh, the difference is it 15, is it? Yeah, okay. Uh, Pat Sajak has a small role as an anchorman in this film, and another airplane. Neck five, and as an and another game show host, Art Fleming plays himself. At one point, someone asks for a little for a little breather, then turns around to see her cliches. Jack Jones and Sony Bono have also cameos, while Rip Horn does a Ronald Reagan impression. Among the many Canadian cast members are Raymond Burr and John Burden. This is probably due to Canadian TV star Ken Finkelman being, being the writer-director, featuring confusion between Over, Unger, and Dunn, and the line, I don't think I'll ever get over Macho Grande. This is, for 10 points, what 1982 comedy star William Shatner as Buck Murdoch, the sequel to a 1980 Robert Hayden and Julie Haggerty starring disaster spoof. <laughs> you figured it out! You figured it out! You solved the puzzle! <laughs>
the people who decided to stop living and became crazy flesh-eating zombies? I'm just going to throw this to make it harder for people to vote. Out of bad sportsmanship, I don't have an answer. The incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. This character is mocked with a passage from Francis Bacon's On Truth and later quotes 1 Corinthians 13.13. He is energized by finding, finding out that one woman's first name is Clarissa, but the attendance of Susan causes him, causes him to fumble with his hat. He follows in the footsteps of his murder, murdered father, a newspaper publisher, by printing a magazine called Boy Stuff. Another project. So, Mr. Smith, goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have This woman duetted on You're the One for Me with Australian cricketer Brett Lee in 2006 and was the subject of a 1997 song declaring that everybody needs a bosom for a pillow by the British band Corner Shop. She also collaborated. Ashton Larsley? To. Who? She does like voiceover work for Indian movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely Ashton <laughs> <laughs> this narrator of Phantom of, pa of the Paradise and author of the screenplays Assault on the Queen and Patterns played himself in The Man in the Funny Suit. 1960 TV play starring Keenan Wynn and Ed Wynn as themselves and the story of how Ed, a vaudeville star, gained the courage to play a serious role as Mountain McClintock's trainer. One of his scripts, military honors are described as a fruit salad and is suggested that they are for neutrality, evasiveness, and fence straddling. Another ends with George Taylor screaming, you maniacs, you blew it up, god damn you all. Planet of the Apes. Name one. For 10 points, uh, God damn you all the hell. I don't know what they got there. Uh, for 10 points, name a six-time Emmy winner and screenwriter of Seven Days in May at Planet of the Apes, who is better known for the television series Night Gallery and the Twilight. Ross Sterling. One. you got to put a little emotion into those lines. You know? Oh, dang. God damn. It's written in all caps. That means you need to be. Uh, the energy for all caps. That's <laughs> <laughs> six. That's six. Okay. Uh, Sidney Lumet directed this band as Charles Dobbs, a version of John Le Carre's hero George Smiley in 1966's The Deadly Affair, and he was twice cast as James Mason. Mm -hmm. So that makes it four. Yeah. Yes. Great question, finally. Debuting <laughs> in 1958's Nowhere to Go, this woman became the only actress to win an Academy Award for portraying an Academy Award winner. In one film, she was memorably pissed off by Diana Rigg singing through the top, while another saw her reluctantly encourage the musical talents of Dolores Van Cartier, a performance as an egocentric teacher who idiotically embraces fascism, leading to the death of one of her students and as an, an act of betrayal by another, won a 1969 Best Actress Oscar. Maggie yeah. Smith won. One woman with this name is an actress who got a 1983 Tony nomination for Passion and was a regular on Chicago Hope. The more famous possessor, a character inspired by Lua Anon, was played by Phyllis Hopper in the 1927 silent film based on the Dallas Watkins play, Ginger's Rogers, portrayed her as a misguided naive in a 1942 romantic comedy, but in her most famous incarnation, she kills Fred Casely, fakes a pregnancy, performs Funny Honey and Nowadays, and turns her husband Amos into Mr. Cellophane, by saying this woman who was grouped to Malone. Rosie Hart. Uh, no. five. Roxy Hart. Yes. Roxy Hart. Uh, yeah. Another assist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like uh, half his points. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Dom DeLuise has a wrenching cameo in this movie as a computer technician. He begins with war on black, dreaming about a bullfight, and at the end he understands a dream saying, Matador, it's me. Colonel Cascio shouts, I'm smarter than you, after hitting General Bogan on the head. Professor Grotteschild, first seen slapping off woman, is the only advisor to recommend a full-scale assault. Major characters such as Marshall Nevsky and the Soviet premiere never appear on screen. The latter's words are heard only through a translator played by Larry Hagman, ending with a disturbing count. Failsafe, one. Mm. Serious. Larry Hagman is the translator. Two. Two, okay. This man's theme from the main theme from this movie became the Liza Minnelli song, It Was a Good Time. An entire town was built from scratch on the Dable Peninsula in order to withstand the storm that figures in the biggest scene. Like Hiroshima Monomore, it shows a woman's head being shaved as punishment for a liaison with an enemy soldier. That woman, Rosie, is married to Charles Shaughnessy but has an affair with Major Dorian, who subsequently commits suicide using IRA explosives. Like the director's two previous films, it had Fred Young's cinematography and Maurice Jarret music and in Robert Bolt's screenplay. Unlike them, it got poor reviews, and so the director did not make another movie until 1984's A Passage to India, starring Sarah Miles, Robert Mitchum, Trevor Howard, and Leo McCurran, featuring an Oscar-winning performance at John Mills. Since for 10 points, what uh, 1970 David Lee film? Wuthering Heights? I don't know. Uh, Joke. 
uh, in which a doctor gave, gives a patient a laxative to stop coughing when the boy tries to return a necklace. Lucille finds her father at the strip club where she worked in San Diego. Lawyer prompts her ex-lover's wife to take up her husband's memento, a theme of Van der Budenmeier's series, uh, a theme of Van der Budenmeier's seriously. Oliver gets Julie Vignon to finish the commission from the European Council met to celebrate the formation of the EU. Composition played by 12 orchestras from different nations simultaneously that was left unfinished when Patrice de Corsi died. For 10 point English film star Julia Vignon, she is an angry widow. The first work within a trilogy that includes Disappearance of a painter on the island of Baltrum and the emerging identities of all Mona Elizabeth. 